Well, good morning and welcome to Soul City Church. How y'all doing this morning? Mediocre at best. All right. Uh, to those of you who are gathered in this room and to those of you who are in our overflow space, maybe you're listening or watching online, I'm so glad that you said yes to being here today. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here, and I love what God does when we gather together like this. And today is uh, no exception. You are in for an incredible treat today. So I'm so, so glad that you are here. We are at the end of a teaching series called Start With Yes, and we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks uh, how we can say yes to God as early and as often as possible. It's been an awesome teaching series. I'm really proud to be a part of it and what God's doing uh, in and through our church. And if you missed any of that, you can go back and online and catch up with all that. But really, that's the whole goal is how do we say yes to God as early and as often as possible. And today what we're going to look at is how to say yes to God in real time. How to say yes to God in real time, in real moments that you and I have in our everyday lives. Because we talked about this last week. You make around 2 million conscious decisions over the course of your lifetime. That's a lot of decisions. You've made a ton of yes or no decisions even just to get here today. You make yes and no decisions all the time without even actually thinking about it. And so to kind of help you get into you know, the framework mindset of how to say yes in real time, I want to do a little quiz. And it's just a one word answer quiz. All you have to say is yes or no. So it's super easy. Anyone can play. All right. So I'm going to ask you, so I'm going to give you some scenarios and what you need to do to the person next to you, not to me, because I can't answer all of you at once, but to the person next to you here in this room and in overflow as well. And if you're watching at Starbucks right now, just grab a stranger and pull them in. And all you have to do is say yes or no. Okay. That's it. So we're going to start really like, I'm, this is a lob right over the plate. Okay. You ready for this? First one is, are you going to watch the Oscars tonight? Yes or no? Okay, good. Don't need your opinion about it. Don't need your little dissertation, just yes or no. All right, good. All right, good. All right, see, it's that easy. Yes or no? See, you've already made a decision. Yes or no decision, really, in real time. All right, so here's another question. Uh, you get to work tomorrow, and in the fridge, in the workroom, is Malati's Pizza, and it's deep dish, and no one's written their name on it. <laughs> Do you take a slice, yes or no? That's a trick question. The answer is yes, duh. That's their fault for not writing their name on it. That's not your problem. That's their problem. All right, next one. Now, I want you to be honest. I don't want you to give your churchy answer, like the one you think you're supposed to say because you're in church. I want you to be honest about this one. So be honest about what you've done in the past with this. When you're driving on the freeway or driving on the road and someone is on the side of the road broken down, do you stop and offer help? Yes or no, be honest. Oh, wow. You are, you are a terrible group of individuals. I, okay, that's a resounding no in the room. I'm gonna check my AAA when I leave here today. All right, last one, last one, last one. Uh, all right, here's the scenario, and I want you to think about this. I want to get this is where we're going to dial it in a little bit. Let's say you're in church, and the pastor is in just rare form, giving perhaps the greatest sermon of their life. And you just sense that God has ordained this moment, and every word coming out of their mouth is a gift from God. Do you encourage them in real time by saying, amen, go on with it now, preach on, yes or no? Awesome, let's do that then. I'm gonna hold you to that. 
That was just a scenario, but I'm saying in case that ever happens, you know what to do now. This is what we're going to look at. That's the right answer right there. This is what we're going to look at. When God gives you promptings, when God gives you nudges, when you have a sense that God is leading you to whatever the next step or whatever the next thing is, how do you say, what does a yes look like in real time? What does a yes to God look like in real time? That's what we're going to look at today. How can you begin to practice today saying yes to God as early and as often as possible? That's what we're going to look at. And actually, that's what we're going to give you an opportunity to do uh, in just a little bit in our gathering. So what I want you to do first is to grab a Bible and open to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. So if you have a Bible with you, fantastic. If you don't, there should be a gray Bible in your seat back here in this room and in our overflow space as well, you can turn to page 764 in the Gray Bible. I wanna show you a couple examples of what saying yes to God looks like in real time. We're gonna look at a couple yeses back to back to back and what God did because of that and why we're actually telling their story today. Page 764, Acts chapter eight. Let me give you a little context to this yes moment we're about to come into. Acts eight is after the death and resurrection of Jesus. So after Jesus gives his life for us and then God raises him from death to life through the empty tomb. This is after the church had just started, had just begun. So the very first church had just begun. There was a young leader in the church named Philip. And Philip had a heart to take God's yes for the world to the world so that everyone could hear and know that God says yes to relationship with them through Jesus. So that's where this story picks up is with Philip. Now let's dive in in verse 26, Acts 8, verse 26 Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So this is a moment where he has a yes or no decision in real time. So we don't know what Philip was doing. We don't know if he was in the middle of doing some churchy work. We don't know what he had on his Google calendar for the day. We don't know what he was in the midst of. But an angel appeared to him and gave him GPS coordinates and said, I want you to go to this specific road, and I want you to start heading south on this road. Now, it's just another little pop quiz. If an angel appears to you and tells you to do something, what's always the right answer? Yes Yes is always the right answer, all right? So it's yes. So an angel says, this is what I want you to do. Doesn't give him the big picture, doesn't tell him all that's going to happen, just what's next. And so what's on him in real time is whether or not he'll say yes. And so we see that's exactly what happens. Verse 27, So it says, he started out. There's his answer right there. He answered with his feet. So he started out. He started heading on the road. And on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. Look what the text says. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which is the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way, was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. Now, this is an interesting moment. Philip had to be wondering, as I'm sure you and I would too. You pull up onto this entourage, you see this pretty important, significant, influential person, and he had to be wondering, is this, is this why you told me to go? God, is this, is this what it's about? I don't know. You, know. you just told me to get on the road. I didn't know. So I said yes to get on the road, but now I'm coming across this person, and it's a very important person from what we can see and what we can understand. Uh, it's from Ethiopia, so he's pretty far from home. He served the queen. He was actually the head finance minister for all of her kingdom. And so that's a pretty significant, important position. And what we can gather from this text is he was on a sort of spiritual pilgrimage. He had come to Jerusalem 
to worship God. Now, we don't know what his relationship with God is like. We don't know anything about that other than he came all the way to Jerusalem to worship. And this is where we see Philip kind of having this little, you know, bumping into him. And the text says he was reading from the prophet Isaiah. Now, that's actually really interesting to pay attention to because in those days, a scroll, all the Bible wasn't written like this, you know, where you could just hold it in your hand or walk out of church and steal a Bible from church. Like that wasn't, the, the text, the manuscripts were very, very, very hard to get your hands on. There were very few of them in those days. So the fact that he had a scroll of the prophet Isaiah shows that he had some influence, resources, and that he was spiritually seeking. So Philip bumps into him. Now we have another yes or no moment. Verse 29, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot, and I love this, and stay near it. So again, not the whole plan, just sort of the next step, right? And I love what God is basically saying. Here's another nudge. Here's another little prompting. God is basically saying, Philip, I want you to kind of like go be like a stalker a little bit. Like, but don't look weird. Just don't look weird. But like get close enough so he can see you're there, but don't get in his business. So like that's, I mean, and sometimes that's what following God is like. God gives you just a portion, a picture, a part of the next step. And the choice is whether or not you will say yes in real time. Again, he didn't know exactly where this would lead to. So he's on the road, he sees a guy, and God says, yeah, just go get around him. And so we see his response, another yes or no moment. Let's look at verse 30. You gotta love this. Then Philip, what's the word? Then Philip ran. You might wanna circle that because that's how he answered yes. The first one, he uses his feet to get on the road. The next invitation God gives him, he runs to it. He says yes by running up to the chariot. You gotta love that enthusiasm. That's like a yes in all caps. He is running up to the chariot and he heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. And so he says, do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? Which if you've ever read the book of Isaiah, it can be confusing because the prophet Isaiah spoke to real things that were happening in his moment with the people of God in that day, but he also spoke about things to come, prophecies about Jesus. And so it would make sense for someone maybe who isn't familiar with this text or with the prophet Isaiah to be confused. And so we see Philip saying yes to get on the road. He says yes by running up to the chariot. And now he sort of invites himself in to a spiritual conversation with this Ethiopian official. Let's look what happens in verse 31. This is the response of the Ethiopian. He says, how can I? He said, how can I understand this? Unless someone explains it to me. You ever felt that way with the Bible? I don't know what this all means. I don't know. Unless someone helps me with this, that's exactly what he's saying. So he, now listen to this. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. So Philip has no idea where this is going, but he woke up thinking he was going to do one thing, and now he's riding in the chariot of a very important foreign leader and having a spiritual conversation. So Philip goes on to explain to him what the prophet Isaiah was talking about in this particular passage. It was a prophecy about Jesus who would come hundreds and hundreds of years after the prophet Isaiah. And he kind of connects the dots for him and says, this is actually what it's all pointing to. It's all pointing to Jesus and what Jesus has already done through the cross and through an empty tomb. Isn't it interesting that Philip made himself available to a yes with God and what is beginning to unfold just from one yes to the next yes to the next yes, what is unfolding right before his eyes. He gets to join up with what God is already doing just simply by saying yes in real time. So after he explains the passage about Isaiah to him, the text takes a really, the story takes a really 
interesting turn. We get to see what that next yes looks like. Jump down to verse 36. It says this, as they traveled along the road, so you gotta love it, they're riding in the chariot. Philip has no idea who this guy is, where they're going, but they're just going along for the ride, saying yes to God in real time. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders, verse 38, he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. You got to love this. I love that Philip is connecting the dots to this Ethiopian leader about what Isaiah was saying, how it relates to Jesus, what Jesus has done, how Jesus has changed his life. The more and more and more the Ethiopian leader begins to hear about it, the more he begins to notice, hold up, wait, stop, stop, stop. There's water. Didn't you talk about the baptism thing, having water? Yeah. Well, what's stopping me from getting baptized right now? It's such a beautiful and powerful picture. You have no idea what God will do with your little yes. You have no idea the big things that God will do with your little yes. Just one yes to God today. You have no idea what it will mean, not only for you, but for others. Not only for today, but for tomorrow, for eternity. When you start with a yes to God, you open up the possibility for limitless eternal outcomes. You have no idea what you can do just by saying yes. Now, we talked about this in week one of this teaching series. When, however, you start with no, you have nowhere else to go. Imagine how boring this story would be if an angel came to Philip and said, I want you to get on the road that heads south from Jerusalem to Gaza. And Philip went, yeah, I mean, I want to. Today's just not a good day. I have so much on my plate. I mean, God, I really, I want to go, and I know that that I'm actually heading the other way. I'm going to Costco. I've got to get some things there. You know how that can be. And so I can't go down there today. Or God, I'm actually doing these other things for you that you already told me to do. So what do you want me to do? The things you told me to do or this new thing that you're telling me to do? Can you imagine at any point if he would have said no, we would not have this story. We wouldn't have this story to tell. You have no idea what happens when you say yes. When you say no, you got nowhere else to go. But when you say yes, you open yourself up to limitless eternal possibilities. And listen to this. Your yes has an exponential multiplying effect. That's the powerful thing that no just kind of stops things. But the power of yes has a multiplying effect. It can lead to another yes, to another yes, to someone else's Yes, which is exactly what we see in this story. Philip's yes, his faithfulness to say yes to God led to this Ethiopian leader putting his faith in God just because he said yes, because he said yes, because he said yes in real time. That's what can happen when you and I practice saying yes to God as early and as often as possible. And today what we wanna do, rather than just talk about it, is we wanna give you an opportunity to practice it, to say yes to God in real time, to have an opportunity to do that. And we're going to do that today by celebrating baptism, which is really, that's all baptism is. It's a public yes to God. For folks who've already said yes to them, decided to enter into a grace-based relationship with Jesus, we get to publicly say yes with them as we affirm their old life being raised into new life. It's such a powerful and beautiful 
picture. We get to celebrate what we saw the Ethiopian do in this story. And I would just say to you, in case you haven't noticed yet, look, there's water. (laughs) What's stopping you from being baptized today? What's keeping you from saying yes to God in real time in this moment? You have no idea what your yes can do, what God can do with your yes. We say it all the time around here. Baptism is really just what transformation looks like in public. This is really all it is. This is what, it's what transformation looks like in public. And it's a moment for us to celebrate and see what God's done. And I know lots of times you can think, oh, it's this you know, like perfect moment. It's this perfect moment. You know, you might make sure it's a perfect moment. Well, really, baptism is all about saying yes to God in the present moment. And I want to show you what that looks like by showing you Stell's story. Stell is a friend of mine, serves here at this church, and she got what this Ethiopian got. She got what Philip got, and she got what we hope you get today, how you can say yes to God right now when it comes to baptism. So I want you to check out her story. Growing up in the Philippines, I grew up in the Catholic Church. I went to church with my family every Sunday, and I even got baptized as a baby. Even though I grew up in church and went to Catholic school learning about God, I still felt distant from Him. I just felt like I didn't know what He was telling me. I didn't know what He was calling me for. It was really difficult. About three years ago, I moved to the United States and I visited my sister, Thea, in Chicago. She invited me to her church, Soul City. And when I got here, I saw how people were pouring their hearts out, worshiping Jesus. I saw how they were a community who loved Jesus and who loved to help people around them and people in the community in Chicago. And I just felt like this was the place where I can really deepen my relationship with God. At the time, I was living in Champaign studying, and even though I wasn't in Chicago, I felt like this was my church. I would find myself going back to the city just for events, just so I could serve. In December of 2016, I finally graduated. In April, I got a job offer in Chicago, but I was looking at other opportunities in New York as well. But I knew that if I went to Chicago, I could finally make Soul City my church. I accepted the job offer, moved here, and I started going to Soul City, and I saw my sister serving, and I just wanted to be a part of that, so I started becoming a creative assistant. It was my first time serving one Sunday, and when I got here, I saw that the volunteers were wearing these black shirts. I didn't know that it was actually Baptism Sunday. I was a creative assistant that day, so I had to sit in the front row, and so at one point in the service, I saw people suddenly coming up when Jared called them to, to just come up and get baptized. I was in the front seat watching people get in the water one by one, and I was, I couldn't stop crying. (laughs) And I was in the front row. Um, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was calling me to just go there and get baptized. And all these thoughts went through my head like, You already got baptized when you were a baby. Your family's not here. They're not here to watch you. Um, But I just felt like God was calling me to do this. And I told myself, I can't leave church today without getting baptized. It was like I was renewed in my relationship with God. 
and I saw my sister's face and she was so happy for me and I was happy for myself as well and <laughs> after that I went straight to the bathroom, changed my wet clothes and went back up here <laughs> to serve again. I wanted people to experience what I had just experienced. I'm Stell and this is what transformation looks like in public. Isn't that awesome? See, what, what Stell got and, and what this Ethiopian got and what Philip in this story that we looked at got was that um, it doesn't always happen. These yeses to God don't always happen in sort of perfect moments as we would describe them. But the time to say yes to God is actually in the present moment. And as we're about to move into a time of celebrating baptism, you may have a little nudge right now that says, yeah, it's time for me. Today's the day. And maybe, you know, you said yes to Jesus recently or you said yes to Jesus a long time ago, but you've never been baptized. And so maybe you're feeling that tug right now, but you're finding yourself looking for the perfect moment. You know, you're like, oh, well, gosh, you know, I, I want to do it, but maybe I'll, you know what, I'll come back to the next service and I'll do it at that one. Or maybe, you know, I just don't, um, I got some stuff in my life I need to get organized, I need to get right with God before I, ever come up here and do that. Or maybe you just don't like getting in front of people and you're like, this just isn't the perfect moment. If I could have it my way, it would just be me and a pastor and all of Lake Michigan and no one else, right? You, it's the perfect moment. Or maybe for you, you're like, gosh, I would love to get baptized today, but I kind of want this person here. I want that person there. And do I have time to send out an evite right now? And is anyone going to respond and actually come? I get it. We all, all of us have uh, in our minds uh, different ideas of what a perfect moment would look like. But I just want to offer you this, and I want you to consider this as you look to saying yes to God in real time. Don't ever let a perfect moment postpone this present moment. Don't ever let a perfect moment, like how you think it's supposed to be in your head, postpone this present moment. Keep you from saying yes to God in real time right now. Listen, remember that tomorrow's yes is still today's no. And so don't let some perfect idea of how you think it's supposed to be keep you from responding to God today in real time because this present moment actually is the perfect moment for you to say yes to him. So here's what I want you to do. If you have said yes to Jesus, if you've said yes to a grace-based relationship with him at some point in your life, some point in the past, and you have not yet been baptized, then we actually want to baptize you today. We want to baptize you today. Now, let me say a couple words on baptism and how all that works, just so we're really clear about that. First of all, we want to let you know that getting baptized doesn't make you a Christian. I want to be really clear about that. This doesn't make you a Christian, and it doesn't make you a better Christian. This is just that outward expression of the inward transformation that God has done in your life. Does that make sense? There's nothing, also, I want to let you know, there's nothing magical or special about the water, it's not like we had it flown in from Rome or from Jerusalem. We say this all the time, but I think it bears repeating. This is Lake Michigan water. So you need to be praying for the people who get in this water to get baptized today. Then it will wash off eventually, all right? And I also want to say a word to those of you maybe who got, uh, were baptized as infants. Maybe your parents, or maybe as a little kid, your parents baptized you. It was a beautiful moment. This doesn't cancel that moment out. I think you can think that these two are competing maybe against each other. Not so at all. In fact, this completes that moment. Because what they did for you, they did for you. 
It was their intention that you would one day follow God. This is you saying, yes, I have. Yes, I do. Yes, I will. And so if you are baptized as an infant, but haven't yet made that choice as an adult, today is your day to get baptized. Look, here's water. What are you waiting for? What would stop you from getting baptized today? So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And I'm going to say this after the end of the prayer. If anyone wants to get baptized today, today's your day. Say yes in real time. And you're going to walk right to the back of the auditorium. Or if you're an overflow, you're going to come right over here, right by the prayer hall. And our amazing baptism team has everything you could possibly need in every size imaginable. They will take care of you. You don't have to worry about a thing. That's kind of worrying about a perfect moment. They've actually got it all figured out perfectly. So you can head straight back there. They'll take care of you. And here's what I want to say. If you have a friend that's with you or a family member, someone you know or love, who in this moment says yes to Jesus, it's their day today to get baptized, and they walk back, go back with them. They're going to need your support. They're going to want your support. So go back with them. Pray for them. Come stand next to them when they come in the water. Come stand. You have no idea how powerful that little yes that you're going to do is for their big yes. So do that. And then I want to say this as well. Maybe you're here today and you're dating or you're engaged or you're married and you've never been baptized. What a perfect day. I want to let you know something. If you're a couple and you've never been baptized together, I want to let you know something. Today only, we're running a couple special (laughs) for baptism. Two for one today. And you can actually get baptized at the same time. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And if you've never done that and you're together as a couple and you want to say Christ is the center of our relationship, then what's, here's some water. What's keeping you from saying yes today? So that's what we're going to do. We're actually going to celebrate uh, baptism and celebrate saying yes. So here's what I want you to do. I want to ask everyone to stand up if they would please right now. And I'm going to pray. And I'm even, I'm very aware that you may actually be here today. And before you say yes to baptism, it's your day to say yes to Jesus today. And after everything you've seen and heard and all that God has done in your life, Today's the day for you to say yes to Jesus. So I'm gonna pray and you can pray along with me and you can actually say the words I'm about to pray and say yes to Jesus and then seconds later, like that Ethiopian story, get in the waters of baptism. We don't want you to miss this moment. One of our worship leaders earlier this morning realized, you know what, as a couple, we've actually never been baptized. Left the stage, went and got baptized, came back and sang. You can do that, all right? You can do that. So I'm gonna pray, you can pray along. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes, open your hands, open your hearts. And when I say amen, I'm gonna send you off to get baptized and we are gonna cheer and celebrate like crazy. So will you join me in a prayer right now? Jesus, thank you that you say yes to us. You said yes to us through the cross and through an empty tomb so that we could say yes to you today in real time. And we thank you for the example of Philip who had no idea what his yes would lead to, for this Ethiopian leader who had no idea that he would be getting baptized that very same day, for Stell's story, who had no idea that she came to show up to serve and she actually, God, got to say yes to you by being baptized. God, I pray that there would be a movement of baptisms today, a celebration of transformation in public. And God, I pray for anyone who has yet to say yes to you. I pray that today would be the day that they would say yes to you. And if you want to say yes to Jesus today, then you can repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I say yes to you. I say yes to your will and your way. I say yes to the cross. I say yes to an empty tomb. I say yes to the price you paid for my sin, for my shame, for my guilt, for my sorrow. 
Jesus, thank you that you paid it all. Thank you that you put an exclamation point on that yes. And so I am choosing new life with you today. I'm saying yes to an eternal life with you today. And I'm saying yes to baptize and being made known today, publicly being made known today, that my life belongs to you. Jesus, I thank you for every new life that has been brought to life today by the power of your name. And so now we want to celebrate and pour our hearts out and cheer our guts out for what transformation looks like in public. And for every person who has sweaty palms or butterflies in their stomach right now, who's trying to make this the perfect moment, I pray that you would let them know this is their moment to be baptized today. So it's in your name that we pray and we celebrate. Amen. If you want to be baptized today, head right to the back right now and we want to celebrate you. Do not delay. Do not wait. We want to celebrate you. Head to the back and our team will meet you there. We would love to celebrate what transformation...